0: To me, sales is influence and influence is sales. So no matter who you're dealing with, and every single day we deal with other people because we have a perspective about what we need to do, and how we want to get it done, but we can't do it alone. And so quite often we're working with people either as peers or as subordinates or even as people who have influence over us. And so to me, it really is important for you to understand what does the person's mind, I call it a buying decision, but really it's any decision that I have to make that you are trying to get me to make.
1: You're listening to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now with your host, Jackie Coke, the podcast with all the tips and tools to help you succeed when all of a sudden you have the realization that you're the one in charge. Hey everyone, Jackie here with Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now. Today, you're in for a treat. Maybe I'm a little bit biased because this is a topic that I really love, but we talk to Susan Trumpler. And Susan is a master at helping women entrepreneurs find their real voice so they can find their best clients. Her mission is to never hear another woman say they feel salesy or pushy When they're talking about their business, she truly believes that mindset is everything and that you're always selling something. And the way that you think about influencing someone to see your point of view will determine the outcome. And all of Susan's principles are based in neuroscience and psychology and the psychology of sales. She takes the mystery out of how to connect with your ideal audience and move them into action. After hearing that bio, you would think that our conversation is all around sales. And we actually take it a different direction and we talk about influence. And the key things that go into your ability to influence others. And we really like dive into how you can use the same influence techniques and skills that you need to sell things and generate more revenue to how you manage your team, how you manage up when we dive into that. Because that's something that I work a lot with clients on is how they can work better with their founder CEOs. Because as fractional HR, I tend to work with a lot of teams and that is something that's often a struggle. So we dig into that. And selfishly, I'm trying to work on learning more influencing skills because as you've heard on previous episodes, it's one of my top strengths that I've never actually had to work on because if you look at your strengths, you probably don't work on the things that you're naturally good at. So something that I'm diving into. So I loved my chat with Susan and I'm so excited that you get a listen. Susan, thank you so much for coming on the show. I am so excited to chat with you today for so many reasons. One, selfishly, I know that I am going to learn. I have so many things I want to ask you. I know listeners are going to learn so much. And I feel like we share a brain in that your book title and my podcast title are so similar that I feel like we must be sisters from another life.
0: I agree. When I saw your inquiry come through, I'm like, this is too good to be true.
1: I'm so excited. So I'd love to give listeners just a quick overview. Can you share a little bit about what you do and how you ended up in this entrepreneurial world?
0: I will. Thank you. I am an accidental entrepreneur. I never had any burning desire to be on my own. As a matter of fact, I am a collaborator to the max. I belong in corporate because I love being part of a team, but it's one of those things where everything you do leads to the next thing that happens. And I had this wonderful opportunity to buy a business about 10 years ago called Beyond ROI that just made me so excited. I'm like, I'm going to give this a try. So I started doing that. I worked in that business and grew that business and got a little tired of it. I'm sure you can understand that. You can only do something for so long. And that's when I got the kind of passion project started of working with women entrepreneurs in Unstoppable Women in Business. So Mm -hmm. I support them in growing their business, just everything, putting a sales and marketing playbook together. I love it.
1: I love that segue because I don't often hear when I talk to entrepreneurs on the show that I bought a business. Like I stepped out of corporate and then bought a business and became an entrepreneur that way. It's so not the trendy thing to do right now with becoming an entrepreneur. And I think there's just so much opportunity for if you're listening to the show or you have family that is considering to become an entrepreneur, Like you don't have to bootstrap from nothing. There is an opportunity that you can go and acquire a business. So I love that you share that.
0: Yes, I think it's important. One of the biggest surprises women entrepreneurs face in their first years is it takes a while to ramp up the revenue and even not just revenue, but be your take home, right? Because your owner's comp is not your revenue. And there's a lot of expenses that go into Mm -hmm. putting a business together. So having that automatic revenue there so that I didn't have to jump without a parachute took the pressure off in essence in the beginning. Totally.
1: Totally. Yeah. I can relate in that. When I stepped into entrepreneurship, I had an anchor client. It was my full-time company that exactly. was like, yeah, you should go it." It was just having that safety net made it just seem easier.
0: It's a great transition. Yeah. Leveraging your network or even your past employers.
1: Of course. Okay. So what we're going to chat a little bit about today is influencing decision makers and really I want to talk about a couple things but the first is when you all of a sudden you find yourself in an entrepreneur seat you have to do sales you have to do marketing and those automatically seem like things that require influence right yeah. there's so many things about running a business that requires your ability to influence can you share a little bit about that with listeners on really where that skill how that skill comes to play and how it shows up when holy shit, you're the boss doing everything.
0: It's so funny. To me, sales is influence and influence is sales. So no matter who you're dealing with, and every single day we deal with other people because we have a perspective about what we need to do, And how we want to get it done, we can't do it alone. And so quite often we're working with people either as peers or as subordinates or even as people who have influence over us. And so to me, it really is important for you to understand what does the person's mind, I call it a buying decision, but really it's any decision that I have to make that you are trying to get me to make. It's a buying decision. And so it just really helps to know what's going on in someone's mind. One of the things I didn't mention earlier is that I'm a student of psychology and neuro-linguistic programming the study of how does your brain actually function and make decisions. So this all comes from understanding what is happening in the background while you are presenting anything to someone for consideration. And what are the six steps that person's brain is going to go through as they decide whether or not they're going to take you up on your offer.
1: Okay, so what are the six steps? I'm like, okay, so what are they? What are some of those six steps?
0: Okay, let's start with the first step. Actually, the first two steps. I'm going to click this fast so that we don't take all our time up in it. But The first two steps, and they're critical because you cannot go past goal until you've crossed these off their list. And it's simple and yet it's not. Do I want it? Do I need it? All right, so I want you to think of the easiest way to understand these is to think of a potential buying situation you've had in your life. Let's say you're buying something like a house a car, a really expensive handbag, something. I'm a car person. So like I'll be sitting at a signal and this gorgeous car pulls up next to me and I call the, do I want it? The drool factor that comes first. It's like, oh, I want that oh, I want that. But immediately on its heels comes the thoughts in my head, do I need it? Like I've got Wally. We talked about my little golden doodle. He's a big boy. I'm looking at a little sports car and I'm like, I want it. And then I look at my Wally and I'm like, oh yeah, I don't need that. I can't even think what life would be like with that. It's a very quick process that goes on in people's minds and they can vacillate through it quite often for a while. Let's take this to a decision that you're presenting someone. Let's say I wanted to influence you on something, Jackie, and I have a perspective and I'm starting to quote unquote, sell you on my idea. First thing in your mind is going to be, do I want this? Do I need it? If I was trying to influence you, if I didn't know or didn't understand what it is that you want and need and connect my perspective to that, I wouldn't go past first base with you,
1: right? Yes, it totally makes sense. And what I'm actually thinking about when you share this is internally, like team dynamics. Yes. You're working with your boss and you're trying to influence them or you're trying to influence your team to get bought into something. What comes up for me and what you just said about knowing if they want it is, do you have a good relationship with this person? Mm. I feel like that's like the foundation when you're working with a team. And if you're struggling to influence your boss... It's probably because you haven't put the work in to actually get to know them as a person.
0: 100%. Yes. Because think about it, the want and need. If we're talking a boss, there's corporate wants and needs, but then there's personal wants and yeah. needs. And the more people, and I believe this in influence as well as in sales, people buy on emotion and then they justify it with logic. So if you don't know your person and you don't know what motivates them emotionally, you're going to have a really hard time in tipping them over the edge on what you're trying to quote unquote, sell them the idea or whatever it is, because you're not hitting them at their emotional level.
1: And if you think about it, if you report directly to a CEO or a founder CEO, and you're just say the leader of marketing, making something up, the CEO has so many Getting things priority. that they are thinking about. Yeah. Competing yes. priorities, than just marketing. And then yeah. when they don't move forward with your idea, you think they're mad at you. You think they hate you. They think you're not smart enough. They don't care about marketing. You make up all these stories as to why. And the first time it happens, you shut down. You're like, you know what? I'm never going to give them my idea again.
0: Oh, that's so good. And we're going to go back to NLP and how the brain works. Any thought you have about how they are reacting to you is more about you than it is about them. Because the words you said was, oh, they don't like me. They don't want this. It's all about your insecurities, your fears. Mm -hmm. It's not about them. So that's the first clue that you are thinking about yourself and what you're trying to do rather than looking at from the buyer's perspective and what is it that they need? What is important to them and how can I position this so that it fits and aligns?
1: Totally. Or so another thought that will come up or things that I will hear from when I'm coaching leaders on how to work with people within their businesses but they don't understand the industry. They don't actually know because what'll happen is like a lot of founder CEOs they haven't come A lot of times they haven't ever built a business in the Mm -hmm. industry that they're actually running the business in now, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so you'll hear like almost a justification of, oh, they don't actually get it. And so I don't know if that is still uh, about me. Obviously, it's a story, but I'm curious your thoughts on that.
0: No, it could be. It could be about you. The the question I would ask myself, is that a story or is it a fact? Do they truly not understand it or is that the story I'm telling myself? Mm -hmm. So you've got to always be checking yourself to make sure that you don't have a filter on that's skewing the actual reality of what's happening. When you
1: do, right? Don't they say there's six people in a conversation when it's just two people? (laughs) You, what you're thinking about yourself, (laughs) you, what you're thinking about that. It's just like all of those things. So there's always six people in a conversation.
0: Oh my gosh. That's so good. I love that. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So- thinking about, do they want it and do they need it? Whether or not it's somebody buying your products and services or somebody else that you are working with, that's really what you always have to think about. Okay. So what are the next two, or I guess I don't know how you want to bucket them.
0: (laughs) No problem. Actually, it's the next three that go together hand in hand, and it will bleed into what we've just been talking about because it's right on the edge. All right, let's see. I'm trying to influence you, Jackie. You've got some objectives, that you need to be successful in your role. I've been smart enough to be able to put my pitch together in a way that perks up your ears around, this is good for me. I do need this. All right. The very next thing that's going to happen is their brain is going to go into a place where they're saying, okay, if I'm going to do something like this, what are my choices? All right. So here's the sad part. I've gone through all this work to get you to see the light of day, but yet the brain is not necessarily going to be, okay, let's do it. You're the perfect person to do it with. I trust you. This is where you mentioned the word Mm, trust. I trust you. I like you. I think you have the expertise. I feel secure, safe in making this decision to choose you. Right. So it's the first one is why do I even need it? The second cluster of where their brain is, if I need it, who am I going to, why should I get it from you? Why should I, let you have, okay, so it's why you, so what are my choices? But even more importantly, and this is where we go really off the rails sometimes is what are my, what are the differences in the choices okay. and do those differences matter? So we sometimes want to sell our idea or sell something to someone or influence someone and we are hitting it hard on why this is important and why this option is the right choice for them. But again, if we're not connecting what's important to them to why this choice is the best choice, we're still going to be disconnected and they're not going to be able to get to the decision process.
1: Yeah. So multiple hump, multiple points of friction that you just have to expect that you're going to run into when you're going through this is what I'm hearing.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's actually three separate speed bumps to put it that way. The first one is why do I need it all? Do I need it? Want it? Middle one is why do I need to accept what you are offering me versus someone else's offer? And that's the three things. What are my choices? What are the differences? And do the differences matter? The last piece of it, and this is where we have to talk through this a little because I'm going to do it from a sales perspective first. And then we'll talk about how does this relate outside of sales? But the very last part is, and if you're thinking about sales, we haven't talked about price at all like this is a buying decision. Right. And we have not talked about price. We're six. Can I cost justify? Because at this point, if you've done a really good job, Jackie, in the first five steps, you've got them. You got them hook, line, and sinker. And the cost justification is literally a logical, I want this. How am I going to be able to do it? How am I going to mm. afford it? How will I fit it in? So let's start going over and this, if this is not a sales situation, if I'm trying to influence someone, I think it's a cost justification of time, of possible status, right? What this fails. Yeah, Can I do this and feel safe? Again, it comes down to, can I do this and feel safe, that I will look good at the end, that I won't have somebody saying, what are you doing? Why did you make that yeah. So the cost justification can be financial, but I think it all can be status as well as totally. other indicators that are important to the person, like time.
1: hundred percent. Most of the clients I work with in my actual consulting business, it's founder CEO. I would imagine if you report to a CEO, can the business afford it? Like business costs, like expense maybe comes into that. Expense is probably a better word
0: for that. Perfect. Yes, it can. It can be. Will the investment that I have to put into this pay off for me? Yeah. Or is it too high? What if it doesn't go well? And what and, if?
1: And I think the first thing they think about is the investment, is the time. How much time is this going to take us? Whether it's me, my team, like me comes in, but then also probably the team. And I think those two people always think about for the most part, but yes. what they fail to think about is the lens of, am I going to get mud on my face for saying yes to this? What is the board going to think if this doesn't go well? What are investors going to think if this doesn't go well? What are my peers who I'm trying to be like on LinkedIn going to think about me if this doesn't go well? You forget that also does play a role in most of the decisions you're asking a senior leader to make
0: huge role. The number one reason why people do not move forward with whatever decision you're asking them to consider, I call it status quo. They want to stay in status quo because it is safe. It might not be perfect or ideal, but the unknown of what's on the other side of that decision is a scary place. Mm -hmm. They don't know if they're going to get there safely. So in order for you to get them across the finish line in your proposal, you have to share with them The very specific, but not overwhelming steps that you're going to take that will get them to a safe conclusion. We call it a three step plan. What we tend to do, and especially if you're dealing upwards with a CEO, detail is a killer because most of them don't want to know the detail. They just want to know what's it going to take to make this successful. And so if you keep it quick and concise and don't overwhelm them and Sell, sell your expertise on each step, you have a better chance of your decision being made.
1: It's so true. I towed the line of too much detail and not enough detail. It's like you got to test. And I also <laughs> think not everybody is true. Like I worked for two founders who wanted basically white papers for every decision I was going to make. And then I've worked with others who literally only respond to the first question you ask in an email because they don't even read the rest of it. So it's like I've worked on such continuum that I feel like I'm learning every time. So I'll try something. I'm like, all right, this is not going to work for them. So then I switch to this. And I think that's also maybe something that is interesting to explore is do you test those out with prospects with selling? And is that something you should do?
0: Yes. As a matter of fact, I don't know if you've ever heard of Herman Brain. You have. See, most CEOs live in the upper left-hand side of the brain, which is they have the visionary, right? But founders are different. Founders are upper right. They live in the the possibilities and the vision. A more traditional CEO leans more towards not only the vision, but they want the facts in the process as well. And so there's clues. If you read the Herman Brain book or you take a look at any of their white papers, there are clues in the way your CEO talks and how they request information from you that will show you their preferences and then for you to feed into their natural preferences will help you along this continuum of so much to make it faster, so much faster. So
1: That's awesome. That's a great recommendation. I've heard of that just okay. in passing, but I haven't studied it. I'm totally going to. Oh, good. Then what's coming up for me as we're chatting through this is, as you can tell, I deal with this a lot with clients <laughs> and why I'm... Honing home. And I struggle helping coach them how to do this because have you ever done strengths finders? Eight of my 10 strengths are in the influencing category. So I'm good at that. I've never had to learn it. And so it's so hard for me to coach and train other people on something I've never had to learn. And so I really struggle and I get really irritated when <laughs> I'm like talking about it. And they always have all of these excuses why they can't do it. And I'm like, you're so irritating right now. And I love them and I hate them all the time. In that moment. Not all the time, but in that moment. I'm like, how is this so hard for you? So is there tips for somebody listening to the show who's I've already tried this? They're like sick of trying different things, whether it's with clients or their boss. Like, how do you any tips on how they can try different approaches or assess what they've done in the past to be like, okay actually look through what they've done in the past, think about it and identify, maybe I should make this little shift or that little shift. Any tips that you can give people who might find themselves in that position?
0: A, stop whining, kidding. No, seriously, how much do you want to be able to influence people? Yeah. That's what we all want. So you have to slow down. And I'm not kidding you, Jackie, the first two steps are the most important. And what we talked about, are you presenting your ideas? From their perspective, not your perspective. Mm -hmm. How much do you understand their operational goals, their corporate goals, their personal goals? I would be spending all of my time learning and understanding that, and so that when I'm ready to do influencing, I've got what I need in order to pull the right lever.
1: And you can't just sit back and be like, "They've never told me that." Oh no, I've asked, and they don't give me that information nothing's transparent here. Those are easy excuses, in my opinion, for not wanting to do the work that it takes or not knowing, not wanting to, or not even really thinking about how that stuff has an impact. I will also say that. I think a lot of it is, I don't know what I don't know or how to do it. I don't know. That's
0: not a question. But here's what I would have to say is If you personally are looking for upward mobility or success as an entrepreneur, whatever it is, if you want to continue to transform yourself, soft skills have got to be paid attention to. And this is a soft skill of learning how to connect with people and be able to understand what's important to them. Can I tell you a really funny story? Of course.
1: I love funny stories.
0: You're going to. Think I'm crazy first and then you're going to die. Okay. So I was dating for a little while and it was before I got Walter. Now I have Walter. I don't need men. You have it.
1: You have your man. (laughs) My
0: man. (laughs) And he doesn't talk back and he doesn't watch ESPN. But when I was dating, I went on speed dates. Okay. Heard of those. They sit the women at these like tables and then men rotate around. Yes. I walked in the room for this one speed date. and I know this is going to make me sound very judgmental, but there was not one man in the room I really wanted to spend time with. I just looked around and I'm like, oh, this is going to be a rough one. And so I sat at the table and I literally, the men would come up and I would just start asking questions, coaching type questions. How are you? What do you do? Oh, tell me more about that. And what made you choose that? And what, right. So I just kept asking questions and the eight minutes would go by. And at the end of it, the men would go, this was a great conversation and they knew nothing about me. Now, one thing about me, when you ask people questions, when you show interest in someone, they will open up and all you have to do is listen and ask follow-up questions. So there's no excuse in the world to say, he never told me that or I can't totally. get the patient. There's no excuse. And you don't have to go to the source, the nucleus either. That person has a entire constellation of people revolving around them and they all know that person well. So yeah. you don't have to be a MacGyver or a nosybody, but just be curious. For sure.
1: And make sure when you're doing that, it's coming from a place of, I'm trying to help the business. I'm yes. trying to help it and not like going to somebody that's close to me and be like, oh, so-and-so did that again. Can you even believe it? Because yeah. that can <laughs> easily happen in companies. So like you really have to enter it with that true intention. Otherwise, it can quickly become something you don't want to be a part of. Okay. Have we missed any of the six steps?
0: No, that was all six of them.
1: Okay. Are there any... Imp- Other important things that we haven't covered about influencing decisions that you think are like mission critical for anybody listening to the show who wants to grow their business or (laughs) be a better boss or be a better employee or leader.
0: Gosh, I have a sales course that I teach that lasts for days, right? I'm like, where do we even start on this?
1: Let's talk about that. You hear from a lot of people who teach sales and you vibe with some, you vibe not with others. So I'm sure there's people listening to the show who are like, okay. I want to get better at this. And me, myself, selfishly, I've really started to invest time in developing my strengths because I haven't read books on influencing. I'm just good at it. And imagine how good I'd be if I actually started studying it. So selfishly, I want to know so I could get better at it and work jedi magic so tell us about the course and where we can maybe
0: start it okay so first thing i'm going to say is my philosophy about working with someone is i don't believe in a lot of low-end oh yeah for 17 dollars you can watch this course and become an expert information is free transformation takes support. And I think it happens really well in community because I do have clients that I coach one-on-one with, but I believe the community and especially women in community, there's like this exponential learning and growth that happens when you're together talking about things and really hearing other people and how they address it. So I have a community called the She Boss Cafe which I absolutely love being in, where part sales related, but part just, hey, how are you as a human being, as a boss, right? And we have special interest groups around health and wellness and embracing the woo of life. And we even have a dog interest group within. So so we, we do both the holistic part of women. Within the sales aspect of it though, we have a group in there that's called the Momentum Builders. And that's where I show up and I give my entire sales and marketing playbook knowledge one step at a time five formulas. And then we have incubators that we work together. Is it virtual? Yes. Everything's online. Okay.
1: Amazing. We'll drop it in the show notes for sure. Is there a website or anything that's easy to go find it at?
0: Yes. As a matter of fact, it's shebosscafe.com. Perfect. It's all you need. Um,
1: okay. I'm definitely doing that later today. It'll be great awesome. to have you in Okay. Can we also talk about the book? The title oh. is so fitting for the podcast. So we <laughs> got to talk about the book.
0: <laughs> yes. The book. Okay. So this is how you say it. Oh shit. I'm in sales. Shit. And it's the whole thing when a woman becomes an entrepreneur because she is passionate about getting out there and doing something she's really good at. And she starts her quest. And then all of a sudden one day she realizes, oh shit, I'm in sales. Like I have to actually become good at selling. And I kept hearing hearing over and over, Jackie, ooh, sales is sleazy. I don't want to feel pushy. I don't want to look like I'm greedy. And I'm like, it's kind of like the way you are with influence. That just knocked me off my chair. I'm like, what are you talking about? Sales is awesome. So I wrote the book. It's a mindset book. So it's really about a process you can go through to create a clean mindset around what it takes to do the most important function in your business and how you can avoid avoiding things. If you have a bad mindset on it, you A, procrastinate, you avoid the things that are most important, and then you don't have the revenue you need to keep the business sustainable. It's a fun read, a lot of great stories and a good process. Love it. Love it. We'll
1: definitely link it there too. And I love the title because there's so many moments when you're an entrepreneur where you're like, ooh, okay, I guess I'll figure it out. Like You can either avoid or figure it out.
0: I'll tell you what, even if you're not in sales and you read this book, you will very clearly hear why you're procrastinating on anything that feels uncomfortable, how to get around it, how to be able to clean it up.
1: So bookkeeping for me is what I'm hearing.
0: Okay. So let me clean that up. I'm talking about things that are hard, like you probably can do it, bookkeeping, without any problem at all, but you just don't like it. That goes back to the probably. Herman brand what your preferences are. But what I'm talking about here are things that take you to a place outside of your comfort zone where you don't feel safe because someone might object you. Someone might think less of you. Those types of things that become mind drama in your head, this is what that book is all
1: That makes sense. For me, that was showing up on LinkedIn for the longest time, which is interesting.
0: Well, think of me.
1: I will being in HR, you know, you let employees down, whether or not you actually did or their perception of that or sure. candidates in recruiting. I know or. that I ghost people. I know I don't treat people perfectly every time. It's just the reality. And so I was like, gosh, if I start showing up boldly and sharing how people should be, it puts me in the spotlight of, oh, look at you sting stuff you don't do.
0: That's a good one, Jackie. That's, That's a really good no. one.
1: It's been so nice to meet you. I am so glad that I got to chat with you and listeners make sure to Go check out the she Boss Cafe. I said that right. Perfect. And oh shit, I'm in sales now, the book. Definitely go check these out. Is there any other place that they can follow
0: you? Are you active online? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I'm on I love LinkedIn. I'm all over that. It's my primary network. I have a website. My actual business is called Unstoppable Women in Business. And that is my website, unstoppablewomeninbusiness.com. Amazing. I'm, I'm on Instagram. I'm everywhere. YouTube channel. Google your name and you will be there. Yes. Best, best thing. (laughs)
1: Perfect. All right, listeners, thanks for tuning in and we'll chat with you again really soon. Well, that's a wrap on another episode of Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now. Because guess what? You're the boss now. You listen to the show because you care about doing the people stuff right in your business. And I commend you for that. At my company, People Principles, our mission is to help more small businesses succeed. And we believe that building a thriving, high performing team with the right systems in place is crucial to making that happen. That's why we've got our incredible toolkit shop. It's your one stop destination for everything HR and team related. Each toolkit is loaded with everything we've ever done in-house with high growth startups from hiring processes to performance management to handbooks. It's all there. And we've built these toolkits specifically with you in mind, the small business owner, because what you need at 10 to 30 people is very different from what you need over 100 people. So don't wait and head over to peopleprinciples.co forward slash toolkits and explore our complete people operations toolkits. It's like having an HR expert in your back pocket, walking you through the journey to building a thriving team and a thriving business.